This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. I do ask you that you will speak to us. God, I thank you that you've made me aware of the time. But Lord, the times demand we follow carefully. Speak through your word as we listen to what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I want to bring you a message today entitled, Following Jesus, No Substitutes. No substitutes. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18 is where we've been studying for the last few weeks. Please help me with the parts that you know you're supposed to today. Verse number 18 reads like this. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, beautiful shore, usually pretty dirty on one side, really pretty on the other side, but it's a beautiful shore lying there. He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, were throwing a net into the lake uh, because uh, that was what they did was fish for a living. Jesus called out to them, and he said to them, Come. I got half of you. Come. Yeah, one more time. Come. There you go, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. You see, there's significance about following Jesus. A little further up the uh, shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in their boat with their father, Zebedee repairing their nets, and he called to them also, and they immediately did what? Followed him. I guess I have to ask you, are you following Jesus? They were following him, leaving the boat, and they followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. May the Lord clearly give us what this passage means so we'll be able to move on to our next series. But until that time, may he show us what he's trying to show us. Now, here's what we learned the first week, that if you're going to follow somebody, it's really good to know where they're going. And we discovered where Jesus is going to go. Pastor Paul made an allusion to that earlier when he was speaking. But Jesus is always going looking for that that is lost. Jesus is going to find the lost. If you're going to be with Jesus, you're going to be concerned about hurting and broken people. Can I get an amen? Secondly, last week we asked the question of how close should we follow him? How close should we follow? When you're walking with someone, it's important to keep them close. You see, the problem is we will stop caring about the lost when we allow the distance between us and Christ to increase. Because when we allow a distance in our following, our relationship to other people will change. Let me say that again. When we allow a distance in our following, the relationship we have with other people will change. Peter, we learned last week, went from helping people to come to Jesus, healing people, even himself, at one point. He turned and he began to curse and deny that he even knew Jesus and curse people. Instead of bringing them to life, he was sending them to darkness. If you cannot get along with your brother who you can see, then you're not properly following the Jesus that you can't see. I got one amen. Okay. Pastor, are you preaching for amens? No, I just, uh, they just help. Now, this passage is Matthew chapter 4 is in the beginning of their time together. Here's one thing you'll learn when you begin to walk with someone on a regular basis you will learn how they walk. 
You might not be able to see their facial features, but you will be able to pick them out from a distance because you'll see how they walk. You can see them come across the distant hill, and by the way they walk, you'll see who they, how they, how, you'll know who it is. I actually, I thought it was funny, you know, it's kind of weird when you you go places and people come up to you and, and, and they greet you, and instead of saying, hi, it's nice to meet you, they go, amen, glory to God. And I'm like, well, you listen, or you watch, or you've been to War Hill. But apparently, a couple of our staff members were trying recently to see who could do the best Pastor Don impersonation. One of them slipped up majorly when he said, I'm not really good at what you say, but I can. I have your waddle down. I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, I have your waddle down perfectly. I said, I don't waddle. <laughs> I, does anybody else have a mental image of Danny DeVito as a penguin back in the 80s? You know what I'm talking about? I don't waddle. My wife says to me regularly, come on. I'm not waddling. I'm ambling. She says, why do you have to be at the airport the way it says two hours early? Because I don't want to run through the line, run to the gate, jump on a plane for 12 hours. I want to get there. I want to sit down. I want to decompress. I want to think it through. And I want to enjoy the airport as I go through. You can see some crazy stuff at the airport. (laughs) Another sermon, another day. I amble along. It's what I do. Well, I've not always enjoyed people who amble along. Sometimes when I'm trying to lead a tour, it can be irritating because there's always that guy. That guy who, if you take the group to a museum, reads every single sign. You know what? I've been picking on myself. I shall turn this around. While we were at the ark, we found ourselves sitting on the other end of the ark waiting on Christina to finish reading every single sign. And I was like, you know, I've been teaching on this for years. I kind of know what it says. And I'm ready to move on. Well, let me just tell you why I told you that. Jesus was that guy. Jesus was the guy that kind of just ambled along, as it were. It wasn't that he didn't have a purpose in his walk. It's that in his walk, and I want you to listen to what I'm about to say to you very carefully. In his walk, he was more important about what he did along the way than getting where he was going. Because so many times of us, we take it as a personal, watch this now, I'm going to hit some of you right where you left. We take it as a personal challenge to shave minutes off the GPS. I don't know who it was, but some friend of mine Actually, I think he's sitting right over there. said this morning, I take the GPS as an extreme sport. Somebody said that this morning. As an extreme sport, shaving those minutes off the GPS. I thought, how cool is that? Because I do that. But that's not the way that Jesus walked. Jesus said, you know what? I think I'll sit over here by this. Well, y'all just go on into town. And he healed a woman who nobody else wanted to be around. Jesus walked along and healed them all. Could you imagine trying to keep him on schedule? There's another 10, and he waits for every one of them. He healed them all. It kind of catches up at one point. Actually, the scripture points it out. It says, Mary and Martha both come up to him and say, Lord, if you could have just sped it up a little bit, our brother wouldn't have died. And he said, can I just say this in Dawsonville? It's nothing but a thing. I got this. 
I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he dead, yet shall he live. And he says, as a matter of fact, it's better for you. I took my time. Because now you'll see that God deserves the glory. He's that guy. He's the guy who just, you're waiting on. So you see, if you're looking for Jesus as one of the disciples, you never look out there. You're always looking back there because he's back there with the blind guy healing him. That's who Jesus was. So in Mark chapter 10, we find this interesting scripture. In Mark chapter 10, we find verse number 32 that we find something changed and it scares a lot of people. And I preached on this about three months ago, but it, it really messes some people's minds up because it says they were now on their way up to Jerusalem and Jesus was, watch this, walking ahead of them. He's out in front of them. And as he's walking ahead of them, it says that the disciples are like, what's going on? That's the translation for they were in awe. What's going on? And the people who have been following him are like, what's wrong? I mean, he never does that. What's going on? So like the other day, I walk up to this conversation of runners. I come up and I've got the coolest new running shoes on. And they're looking at me like, you, there's those shoes we're talking about. And they're like, why do you have them? Like I hiked on my sabbatical. They're great. And they said, oh, like you're not running. I said, no, let me just clarify for you. If I'm running, you better start. Something's coming down the pipeline. You know what I'm saying? Run. Because it wasn't, the shoes didn't match the model, I guess. But listen to me. Jesus is in a hurry. Jesus says to them, I'm going to sum this up real fast for you. He says to them, he says, listen, 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 listen. Guys, I'm going up to Jerusalem. When we get there, they're going to betray me. They're going to, they're going to beat me. They're going, to, they're going to spit on me. They're going to tear the beard out of my face. They're going to do all these horrible things. They're going to crucify me. And th- but three days later, I'm going to rise again. Woo! Now, we can shout over that, that three days later, he rose again. Amen? Amen. Or, watch this. We can uh, be on the other side and not catch this because they were on the other side of the cross. But here's what I want you to see from this side of the cross. The way he walked revealed the fire that was in his soul. The fire in his soul was revealed by the way he walked. Have you ever had a child who felt it was their calling in life to take 30 minutes to put on their socks? Have you ever been that child? You're sitting there planning the whole world's future in the moment of pulling on a sock. There has to come a time to where you say to the kid, listen, if you don't put your socks on, I'm going to light a fire under you. Well, I better back down a little bit there. (laughs) You are going to get motivated. What are you trying to do? To get them to start walking, moving, to increase their pace. Can I tell you, some of the reasons we face what we face spiritually is because there's no fire within us, because we're, God's having to light a fire under us so that possibly a fire could catch within us. And when Jesus gets to where he's going, he's already literally motivated beyond passion, it seems, because he gets there, he comes to the temple, and he looks in the temple, and all of a sudden he sees these people desecrating the temple, and as they're desecrating the temple, he gets real passionate in his response, and very personal in his his remarks, and he says, this is my father's house. How dare you act this way? Who do you think you are? This is my father's house. My father's house shall be called a house of... 
Psalm 69, 9 described it best. He said, he said, passion for your house has consumed me and the insults of those who insult you has fallen on me. In other words, it says, I'm taking this personal. This is my father's house. How dare you treat my family like this? And he gets personally, he's not some frenzied fanatic. He's overcome with a passion. He's overcome with a fire. He's overcome with something that's so important. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Until you make following Jesus a personal matter, you are still just a spectator. If you can sit back in church and go, well, my goodness, you see what brother so-and-so was doing, sister so-and-so, you should not have time to see what brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so were doing. You should not have time to wonder whether or not that person's really going to serve Jesus and to wonder whether or not that person really is changed or not. You should be so focused on following Jesus yourself that the passion inside of you keeps you focused on Jesus. Oh, watch a minute. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm about ready to preach. I'm almost there. You see... Jesus desired to see his people find freedom and happiness. But listen, what I, what I, when I typed what I was about to type, it's like the Holy Spirit took over completely, and this is what I typed. But commercialism, say that with me, commercialism. Commercialism is the act of someone else trying to buy what someone else has labored for, had taken over the temple. Listen, what I'm about to tell you. You can't pay someone else to follow Jesus for you. You see, when he comes in, the whole place is full of lambs, doves, and money changers. Why? You had to have a certified lamb, you had to have certified doves, and you had to have the certain coin to offer in the temple. So you had to have the stamp of approval, the stamp of approval, and the stamp of approval. That's easy, right? So what happens when he walks in? Are you ready? He finds, hope I don't offend anybody with this, mixed sacrifices everywhere. Let me clarify that. Fast food, fast sacrifice. He finds all this prepackaged garbage. Can I tell you, some of you have been trying to find a faith to fuel your fire, but you've been consuming fast food things, trying to find a faith that will last. But fast food doesn't do anything but make you fat and lazy and keeps you watching. I'm preaching truth. It keeps you watching. Why did Jesus get so upset? Wasn't because they were selling stuff. The reason Jesus got upset was because he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. When he walked in, what did he find? He found them taking the prayer out of the process. They wanted to take God out of the process. They wanted to take the purpose out of the process because when he walked in, now you don't have to worry about your sacrifice. Here's one that the that the guy has already had signed off for you. You go over and give him a little bit of money. Go, here you go. There's nothing in that but a commercial exchange. There's nothing in that but a commercial exchange with the doves. You change the money. I went into a money changer's place one time in Haiti and as I was in Haiti and God we're praying for Haiti this weekend and, and with all that's going on there but I was in Haiti and, and, and I was like where am I and, I'm, and they take me like in the backside of a meat freezer and I walk through and open up and there's an office and I'm not kidding this big chair swivels and the guy goes what can I do for you and I just couldn't, couldn't help it I was like let me live <laughs> and they're like Now we're going to change your money for you. I was like, and let me live. (laughs) But we're in this inner money-changing environment where they, just for the right profit, we'll fix it for you. Can I tell you what we've tried to do with God's house? 
We would never have animals and commercialism and people argue whether or not you have to sell a t-shirt or a book or listen to what that's not what it's about. What it's about is they've taken the prayer out of the process because now I can show up and give you a little bit of money and I can watch this and I can get something that was an acceptable sacrifice, supposedly, and I could say, okay, here you go. I paid for this. You're done. God, you're taken care of. I'm going to go back about my life. But that's not the way God intended. God intended for them to go out and find the right doves and find the right lamb and find the right change. And he intended them to go through the process and the whole way there, they're praying along the way, please let this be accepted acceptable to you please please let this qualify and the prayer of the process had been removed oh oh pastor what does that have to do with me we want the worship team to play oh and people say please sing oceans please sing oceans i get the feels I don't care if you get the feels with a song or not. I care if the song fills you with a desire to passionately pursue Jesus Christ with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. It's not enough to sit back here and go, oh, I just feel good about it. Oh, Pastor, you made me feel special. I don't care if you feel special or not. I want you to realize that I love you, but he adored you enough to go to a cross for you, and he's looking for passionate followers. Thank you. I'm telling you, the first service was so quiet. I, it's like God let me hear heaven behind me, and I don't know who it was behind me. I was just trying to imagine who it was. I heard somebody go, preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, woo, God's giving me an amen from behind. Amen. You see, following Jesus means that you have to prepare yourself. You have to study for yourself, and you have to pray for yourself. It doesn't matter. Don't throw another 20 in for what you did last night. Here's another one for what I might do tomorrow. Garbage. Country music fans know what I'm talking about. That's not how this works. How this works is I may not be worthy, but you are. And I've been racing. to. Don't you tell the other services I got yours done in half the time. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Matthew 21. I'd never seen this before. He runs the money changers out. He runs those who are dealing with the lambs out. He runs the bird sellers out. Well, I don't know what you call that, bird marketers out. Somebody will come up to me and say, the proper term is an aviator or whatever. I don't know. I don't care. They're gone. All right. Try it here. It doesn't matter. I had never seen this before, but who remained? The blind and the lame. They didn't leave. And the innocent. The Bible says the blind and the lame stayed and they came to him and he healed them all because they didn't have anywhere else to go and they, they were like, we know we don't measure up, but we want you, we need you, we must have you, you're our only hope. Can I tell you something? The day you walk through that door and say, it's been a good week, I measure up this week, wait till you hear my praise this week is the day that you're sadly mistaken. You need to come through that door and realize it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ that I approach and you heal me, you deliver me. I want was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now I see these legs will dance before the king 
then he said, the children, Matthew says, the children began to rejoice. And they said, praise God. Let me translate it for you. For we've seen the Messiah. Oh, could it be possible that if we got passionate enough about our pursuit of God, that other people might really see Jesus through us? Let me just be clear with you. If you'll follow Jesus, he will heal you and give you a reason to sing. True. If you follow Jesus, other people will follow you and they can get healed and find a reason to sing also. Well, I have a couple questions for you. When's the last time somebody gave praise because of you? I love watching when our men get set free in our, in our regeneration program because I, one of the funnest things, of course, after they get saved is watching their parents come meet this saved son that they sent away hoping maybe they never see him again. And their tears stream down their faces. They say to me, look what God has done. Look what God has done. It's never look what you've done, but it's look what God has done. Can I tell you, the only hope you have is for people to be able to encounter a God who changed your life so that he can change their life through you. Listen, this is super important. Sitting right over there, about where Pastor Gwen is actually sitting, uh, there was a little girl one day. And her, she enjoyed staying with her grandparents, and she was sitting in the sanctuary. And week after week, she was always just the best-behaved little girl. But the area was very crowded one Sunday, and there were some really tall men right in front of her. And, and, and as she sat there, she became agitated. What she was about to do has changed the way I interact with all the children of our church. She's agitating. Her grandma says, sit down. She's, she sits there a minute and she's up on her knees again. She's doing this. She's doing this. She's going. Her grandma says, sit down. What is wrong with you today? Be still. He's almost done. But you're praying. And she finally looked at her grandmother in exasperation pointed at the men in front of her and, said, and then pointed over them and said, I can't see Jesus. Now, I know very, very, very clearly I am not him. But to her, I was how she saw him. And ever since that day, every child of this house, I've tried to make them feel loved, special when I encounter them. Because I might just be one of those images of Christ to them. But I guess my question for you is, who sees Jesus in you? Who can't see Jesus because you've got a bad attitude? Not looking at anybody, I'm looking at these these things on the wall, because I don't you go, you look right at me. I'm not looking at anybody. Who, who can't see Jesus because you can't control your mouth? Looking at the ceiling now. Who can't see Jesus because the truth is you're not really following him?
You've been watching because you didn't want to pay the price yourself. I don't know. I don't think that was an amen moment. I think that was an oh me moment. Could it be that you've made the same mistake I've made for most of my life? I told you God dealt with me during my break. Could it be that you really didn't say, I want to follow you, Jesus? You said, Jesus, would you come follow me? Because I'm going here and I'm going to do this and this is who I'm going to be and this is what I'm going to do and this is what we're going to accomplish and and, and, and just as long as you're with me, I'll know the one who calms the storms in the boat. But that's not what Jesus called us to. He didn't call us to invite him on the journey. He called us to follow him in faith. That means I have to determine every action, every thought, every word by what he would do. So I guess the last question I have for you today is, are you following Jesus or have you invited him to follow you? I don't want you to stand, but I just want you to realize something. This is that moment I normally say, now, who's this message speaking to? Can I just be real blunt with you? The only reason it's not speaking to everyone watching, listening, and present is because maybe I didn't do a good job presenting it. This is for all of us. How are you following? How are you following Jesus? Is it so other people can see Jesus through you? Is it so that it's controlling everything you do? I finished preaching the other night on following Jesus, walked out, was hit with a terrible storm of, of an attack, a very personal attack, not a, not a church attack, just a very personal attack. And, and, I, and, and my wife said to me, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to follow Jesus. All I know how to do. I'm tired of leading ready to follow I'm going to follow Jesus I guess my question is not did this message speak to you is it are you going to allow it to speak to you every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment this is where we're supposed to stand don't stand don't stand stay seated keep your heads down and the service is about to be a thing of the past. But you know if God's dealing with your heart. A man who sat in this service and listened to me preach many times climbed upon a roof yesterday and before the moment had changed, he'd fallen and he went out to meet God. You never know what tomorrow's going to hold. The question is, if this were your last day, would you be found following Jesus? Some of you are faithful servants of the Most High God, but you realize you've been inviting him on the journey more, just like I've said that I was doing, more than you're following Jesus yourself. How many would say with me today, I'm ready for that to change? I'm ready for that to change. Hands going up all over this place. I want to follow Jesus with all my heart, all my soul, and all my life. The majority of people in this room, thank you, you can put those hands down. One last question today, and then we're going to pray. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, 
I've never truly started following Jesus. You may have prayed a prayer. You may have even been baptized when you were 12. You went to spring, summer revival, fall revival, and you got saved and filled out a card somewhere, all those things, but you never really followed Jesus. But today you want to become a Christ follower and you want to be born again. You want your life to be changed forever. If you're watching, please signify that's me in the conversation line and Pastor Trey's going to minister you directly. If you're present, I want to see your hand now. If you'd say, today's the day I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Thank you. Are there others that will join with this one that's raised their hand today? Are there others? Thank you. Two, three, four. Are there others today that will join with these four? I'm looking around this room. You can put those hands down. Five, thank you. Are there others? I'm looking. Five people making this decision to begin to follow Jesus with all their heart, all their soul, and all their might. Six, thank you. Are there others? Thank you, Jesus. Just waiting for just a moment. Maybe you know if you really had to, and you haven't raised your hand yet, I don't want you to re-raise your hand. You'd say, the truth is I'm in a backslidden state. I know how to follow, but I haven't. And today I want to come back home to Jesus. If that's you, could I see your hand? If that's you in this place. Thank you. Many more hands going up around this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to pray a prayer with you, and I want you all to pray along with me. Normally, we're very loud, but today I just want to be able to hear your voices resound, but we're not looking for volume. We're looking for sincerity. If you're watching or listening, I want you to pray along as well. Maybe you're driving today, and you're hearing this on the way to church. You can get everything ready before you get to church. This is important. Pray with me now. Jesus, by faith, I confess. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. God, I believe you sent your Son to die for me. And now I declare from this moment on, I will follow him all the days of my life. Help me to become like Jesus. And now I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for what you have done, for what you're going to do, and I thank you for everyone who raised their hand in this place, because life change is come and come from you. Lord, let your Holy Spirit, my goodness, I feel him. I feel him. Somebody needs to understand. I feel this. This is not the pastor. This is a prophetic word. You're about to take a step that will determine the next steps of your life. Do it with your eyes on Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, give God a praise for just a second.
That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.